From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I almost forgot that, Uncle Funky. I am your host, <laughs> KG Smooth. You're the host. You can't forget these things. So <laughs> you're running you know, this hey, book. Go hey, on, we, sometimes, you know, we a little brain farce. Joined by the legendary Uncle Funky Larry Jones. How you doing, man? I'm good, sir. Good morning. Yes, and good, since good I follow here. you so close on social media, nah. your time off in Miami has done you well. Man, it was it was a great. Well, there's, there's a nice school about it. Listen, there's something about being in the elements, and yeah. when you have all four: mm-hmm. the earth, the wind, you know, the sun, yeah. and the ocean. I, I, and man, how, how many selfies did you have to take because of being recognized, <clears throat> Chris? Oh man, from it was Red wild. Love. It was wild. I am a full-fledged celebrity out here in these. Uh, streets everywhere what? i'm i mean i'm in miami like literally just walking down ocean drive these girls mm-hmm. at a restaurant um standing outside the hotel some truck drives by ready to love ready to love okay. um but i told yeah. you your 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 mental state and your your aura and your your being is all right with this cuz you're the nice guy you're going to take a picture no matter how many you're going to sign autographs no matter how many and a lot of people love the show, love you on the show, so it's just it's, it's a just do. Congratulations, sir. Well, <clears throat> thank you. There you go. Thank you so much, and thank well you, deserved. Houston, um, and everybody, because this is an international it is podcast. So uh, happy for you, man. Thank you for to everybody around the world. Okay, now enough about that. I don't <laughs> I don't like it when it's about me. <clears throat> I have on the phone line a young lady who uh, I met my early days here uh, in Houston. I mm-hmm. believe we met probably back in. 2013, 14, um, and what <laughs> what grabbed my attention was her beautiful hair. Uh, mm. It's just it's huge, and she is a a, a great spirit. Has been uh, an activist in these streets longer than I know because that's how I met her. Right, you know, going to uh, a protest um, back in 2013, as a matter of fact, and she is the organizer for BLM HTX. Imagine Noir, please welcome Secunda Joseph to the Public Affairs Podcast. What's up, baby? How you doing? <laughs> oh, sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. Um, like the rest of the world, I have been a fan and just have loved watching you do your thing on this, like, national show and just, yeah, it's been dope. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Secunda. How you been? I've been good. I de- I'm determined to be good regardless. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's how our people survive. So I'm uh, great. We're going to be all right. You know, it's our time. As the, as the word that's said, right. you know, um, the last shall be first. Amen. And the first listen. shall be last. Come on, preacher. And I have been, listen. It's that time. I have been meditating on that word all morning. So that's mm. confirmation. Yeah. Mm. 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 That's deep. Don't take me there. That's not. This is not. <laughs> this is not what this segment that's, is about. That's all so right. it, it's a podcast. We can we can do these things. I, I, I know. <laughs> we can do these I, things. I, I know. Um, so many things going on just in the world, in this country, in this city. Um, but before we get into all that, let's give people um, some background. Um, talk about BLM HTX. 
Imagine How do you say that? Imagine what? Noir. Yeah, imagine or imagine war. Uh, no, um, imagine my friends noir. ain't all that good either. So I'm okay. I'm, I'm, imagine noir. And I'm thinking I'm trying to say noir. <laughs> yeah, That's uh, right. imagine noir. So at imagine first noir. it was B L M H T X. Um, give us the um, the history on on that organization, how it uh, came to be, and uh, the the things that you have done for the city. Well, it honestly started as an event in response to it was like a arts and um, uh, exhibit and a, a talk about you know just black people being citizens without citizenship, right? In this mm. in this country, it was a, a response to all the things that was going on, uh, Mike Brown and uh, Trayvon Martin, and just the uprising was happening in Ferguson, and a lot of us were still like you know, just doing like some grassroots organizing stuff. And we just decided to come together with like artists and ministers and people like me who are community organizers. And then also like, you know, intellectuals and was like, okay, how do we use the gifts that we have to just continue to move us forward? And that's what we've been, that's what we've we've been doing ever since. (laughs) Excuse me, let me catch my breath. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of some of the things that we've done, we are a Black-led organization. We are Black Folk Center. And, like, we worked on, like, um, gang injunctions to stop, like, really unlawful naming of folks who were considered gang members and that they wouldn't. Um, mm. We've worked on uh, mutual aid campaigns, which we have right now, which is helping folks pay their rent and bills so that they won't get evicted. Why folks are waiting for the city and the state and, you know, this winter storm happened. Um, we've been serving our people. Like when, when folks are forgotten about generally uh, because we are also the community. Like I'm from Fifth Ward, <laughs> um, Northeast Houston, and am very much connected uh, with my community. So when something happens, like we have to respond. And it's because there's a failure of our state. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned about us not being citizens, and we had uh, Roland Martin on a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him. I said, "Well, couldn't we? I'll just end this if we knew what our nationality was. If we, you know, could prove, and it'll take some work." that we are the indigenous owners of this land. And I want to make, um, and I want to make it clear to everybody that is listening. Us, melanated, dominant beings, we are the indigenous owners of this land. Not the Indians that they show us. No, it's us. So um, back to... Uh, what I was telling you, I said, Roland, if we find out what our nationality is, you know, do the work, get our lineage, maybe start with great, great, or maybe three greats if you can, you know, and, 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 and to get that, to get that, um, that line, that Royal bloodline or the, you know, yeah. So we can know, you know, who we are because we are Moors like this. We need to know who we are. Black don't mean nothing. What is Black. African American, that don't mean anything. What is our nationality? And once we 
prove that, the laws of this land won't apply to us because we own this land. So you hear written it, Corporation of the United States of America. <clears throat> so if we find out our nationality, I think, and just like when Donald Trump said, like, I can literally go in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and, you know, not, not go to jail. You know, if we can prove that we are the indigenous owners of this land, we could do that. I mean, I know that's a bit extreme, but I mean, you know, when I think about um, who we are, like, and and even if my family's from South Louisiana, right, Bro Bridge, Lafayette, and they have been on those lands for hundreds of years, right? Of uh, very much resemble like African West African culture, um, and the way that we operate, if we take up those indigenous peoples everywhere, right? The way that they move in society, the, the some of the democratic ways that we formed systems, right? Some of the, when I think about them, they're very much in line with abolitionist systems, right? Which means that <laughs> people shouldn't be thrown away, right? Which means that there is a place to, um, redeem, right, like people who are on the margins of society, um, which means that we wouldn't have the prisons that we had. And I think those things are both common for not necessarily what you see now in, in you know, places because it's very much colonized spaces, right, very much colonized over West Africa, over Central America, like very colonized systems. But if you look at our system before those things happen, and you think about the reason why people are saying, like, defund the police. And you look at what those solutions are and what that look like and not just so afraid of those words. I, I, I think we can return to that while we're here. And, and not only will it be better for us, like, it's better for everybody. Hmm. It's funny. You mentioned defund the police. One of my favorite shows, The Shy, on Showtime, uh, last Sunday's episode, the new mayor, who was an old gangster, did a press conference and said that he was going to defund the police. <laughs> and then, you know, now there's this, you know, war with the cops and this new mayor and, and, and the folks of the South side of Chicago. So just kind of seeing how that plays out uh, in art. I'm like, but yeah, this could be a uh, real life. Let's talk about the data to dream hashtag H O U budget. Um, you all had a series of online workshops, um, to share about, the, you know, the information about shaping Houston's, you know, 21-22 budget. Um, Listen. How did that, yeah, let's get into it. So this has been, so there was an outcry after, you know, George, George Floyd was murdered um, in the streets for all of us to watch and to, to see with our own eyes all across the country. You heard different folks in different cities saying, hey, we have to stop the way do we have to stop doing things the way we've been doing it in places like Austin and other spaces in the nation right after that you saw those cities begin to listen to organizers and activists and say okay what do you mean defund right and some organizers in some cities like Austin in particular like they have been working towards this for many like for years Right. But because of, unfortunately, the death of 
you know, the, the black life, right? His, yeah. his, his murder, like people began to listen and they were able to defund. And what they did in defunded, it's not necessarily like, oh, we taking police. Take all the no, money. it's like. Just reallocated yeah, like, the funds. Listen, to places that really saw problems. In Houston right now, last year at that time, we asked the city, hey, let's just wait on this vote, right? Let's just think about what else we can do. Because there was, at the time, the budget was $900 million for police. That was more than half of the safety budget, right? And um, we were like, hey, you're trying to move it up to $1 billion. Houston has too many issues. Like, for example, being number two in eviction. That was even before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Being number two, the number two place in the nation that doesn't have housing that affordable to its citizens, right? To its, to its residents. You know, so we were talking about, and those things cause crime. You don't have money. You don't have a place to eat. What you going to do? I mean, we all are fans and have listened to hip hop over and over again. Um, one of the my favorite songs by Bun by UGK, old school, is um, Highlights. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that song, he was like, you know, people sleep on these streets, you pee on. You know, <laughs> he begins to talk about, like, come off that slab. You know, so that you can survive. People are going to find a way to survive. So in defunding what the other cities were calling for and what we were calling for at the time is let's make sure people have a place to sleep. Let's fund the program, even in the city, right? We're not even talking radical right now, like, you know, community programs. Um, A lot of them, because we're not there yet. We're talking about, so the library. Library doesn't even have funding like for a lot of the public things that they do. Most of their funding that comes, you know, for for the different programs of the library library comes from like grants. If I get a grant, if somebody <laughs> decides to invest, and that's not just libraries, that's even housing, right? Which is why so some of the work that we do for example, some of the, the programs we did is like black, bail black women out of jail, black, bail black mamas out of jail, right? And doing that work, one of the things that we found is a lot of people who that's going back and forth, like to jail, you know, over and over again, which we spend a lot of money on, a lot of people have mental health issues. They go to jail, they lose their social security check, you know, families pass away, people who were in care for them a time, and it is hell trying to get them back where they were. So they, they're on the street doing the best that they can to survive. You know, if it's women, sometimes it's sex crimes or whatever. I mean, not sex crimes, but that's what they, they sex, like, Yeah, like they're, they're a sex worker. Right? And, mm-hmm. right, and they're arrested. And if you add that to the women who have mental health issues and no, no funding, you would see the money that we are spending on things that are not violent crimes. Like, we're arresting people that we should be housing, that we should be giving health care for. When I tell you from personal experience, we went from shelter to shelter. Uh, let me see, last year around this time, a little bit before, before this time, looking for spaces for women to live. There were no spaces. Like the spaces, they had space. They had beds. But because at the time, right, Trump cut the funding, right, there was nowhere to fund. And it, because the city is not doing these budgets like they do the police budgets, the police budgets don't have to worry about public or like, you know, sponsoring from business or some kind of grant. 
it's it's factual actual the money gonna be there because they take care of them first which means that's where the priorities are Mm -hmm. right so what people are asking for and what we've been asking for since you know last year um is some those things that will protect that really keep people safe not just getting more police they come after you already shot (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) it's too late <laughs> right. You know, can can totally keep his uh composure while trying to uh get a tiger but yet will shoot <laughs> an unarmed but you know, I digress. Listen, listen. And one of the in these budgets meetings, so the city has these budget workshops, right, where people are supposed to participate. Last year we missed those things. This year we decided to okay, we were too we late pulling last up. year, we didn't understand this. Huh? You know y'all say this year we pulling up. Okay, we pulled up. So we provided a space. The Dad of the Dreams was like on every Saturday, anybody who wanted to, anybody, right, could come up, could learn about the budget process, could look at the police union's contract, could study what was happening, could watch the old budget workshops, right, to try to understand what's happening with our money, mine, yours, and everybody's, right? And, and, and is there anything that we can do? to shift the system? What are the suggestions we have based on learning this information? How can I organize for my family, for my community, right? So that's what we've done. We attended the budget workshop. You know, we asked people to make comments because we didn't want this to be for us. This is not a BLMHCX thing. This is a people's thing, right? Our organizing methods are not to have the world you know, do what we want them to do, or else we'll be recreating the same system that we have now, right? Mm-hmm. It is what what do the people want, right? If we were informed, <laughs> if we knew that the police is not necessarily solving the problem, right? But are just like you know they tell us in the in in the medical world, like what are the what's preventative medicine, right? Right. We, we want to get past just responding and reacting. How can we prevent these problems? And any sociologist, psychologist, social worker knows that it starts with these social pro- programs, some that are housed within the city. So we're not even yet, we're not even talking about taking money from the city. Just redistribute the wealth or the, the, the budget to places that hit home, right? I'll give you one example. So we made some comments um, last week, and the mayor was saying, we're like, hey, fun housing, fun mental health. He got up and said, we're giving $25 million to mental health. No, you're giving $25 million under the police for mental health. We had sociologists come to uh, social workers in the Data the Dream meeting. One of the things that they said that it is so hard working with police, the way that they respond they're not trained mental, mental health professionals. They don't necessarily have the capacity or the understanding to say, this is a crisis. We're caring for these people. This is a health crisis. They're responding. We already know what they do to our people, shoot to kill. Stats say in, in the city of Houston, you are more likely to be shot by police, highly likely, if you're experiencing a mental health crisis, especially if you're black or brown in this city. Right. So and we have examples of it. So given like using pretty language and saying that you're doing the thing without really doing the thing is not good enough anymore. Um, Right now, as we speak, you know, um, 
they are voting on the different amendments <clears throat> to the budget that was presented, which increased the police budget by thirty million. What? So wait, 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 dang! From what? the billion that was already increased last year. Right from the billion. That's so what I was just about to say. Yikes! Yikes! At a time where our state has already, y'all know this governor is horrible, right? Um, and they've already said that, you know, any city that tries to like, you know, defund or whatever the police are going to get like, you know, there's going to be some hard, <laughs> you know, situations, right? You lose funding, you get fined and all that kind of stuff. So why would you threaten? Why would you put black and brown people in this type of situation when you have an opportunity to vote? And to do differently. Yeah. Um, Listen here, we um we didn't got the time, but I do want to um talk about when the city council approval for the budget vote uh will be. Is there going to be? Uh, do you know when the public hearings on that will be? It's happening right now. It's happening as we're on this line. Um, there was about 100 amendments that was proposed by the city council. Uh, one city council person released those things to the public, right? So one of the things that we were asking is, how do we make this process more democratic? How do we allow more people to participate? In cities like New York, like they have a participatory, you know, budget oppor- opportunity, and they spend a lot less on police, mm. right? <laughs> A lot less on police. So, uh, but today it is happening. I, you know, you go to HTV, you can watch it. Um, you know, even right now you can catch it, which is the the city of Houston's um, a TV channel. You can catch it. Oh online. yeah, yeah, the, little, the the government access channel. And what about yeah. just information on a recap of the workshop? It, uh, of the workshop is that we available? will send you all the notes. The, the workshops that we have, we have all those things in, in, in order. You can send us a message at either at BLMHTX or at um, a Liberate HTX, which is the Houston Abolitionist Collective that we've been working with, just people from different groups and organizations around the city who believe in abolition. And they even, you know, did a survey where they listened to about a thousand folks and, like, most of those folks were not comfortable with increasing the police budget. We presented those things to the city, the councils, and mayor, and still no response. So, well, the fight no, continues. No the march yeah, the continues. continues. We, yeah, we're going we, we, we to keep it up. Listen, I'm going to have you back. We're going to have you back. Um, but thank you for coming on. Secunda Joseph, and organizer. Too much, too loud. For being. <laughs> no, it's all. No, no, no. We, we, we love it. We love it. It's all. It's all good. It's all good. Secunda Joseph, organizer for BLM HTX. Imagine R. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I love y'all show. Y'all keep it up. Have a great day. Thank you. And on behalf of Uncle Funky Larry Jones, mm-hmm. we'll see you next week. From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I almost forgot that, Uncle Funky. I am your host, <laughs> KG Smooth. You're the host. You can't forget these things. <laughs> You're running you know, this hey, boat. Go hey, on, we, sometimes, you know, we little brain farts. Joined by the legendary Uncle Funky Larry Jones. How you doing, man? I'm good, sir. Good morning. Yes, and since I follow here. you so close, 
on social media. Nah. Your time off in Miami has done you well. Man, it was it was a great. Well, there's, there's a nice school. Listen, there's something about being in the elements, and yeah. when you have all four. The mm-hmm. earth, the wind, you know, the sun yeah. and the ocean. I, I, and man, how, how many selfies crazy. did you have to take because of being recognized, Chris? Oh man, from it was Red wild. Love. It was wild. I am a full-fledged celebrity out here in these <laughs> uh, streets, everywhere. What? I'm. I mean, I'm in Miami, like literally just walking down Ocean Drive. These girls mm-hmm. at a restaurant. Um, standing outside the hotel, some truck drives by. Ready to love, ready to love. Okay. Um, but I told yeah. you, your 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 mental state and your your aura and your your being is all right with this because you're the nice guy. You're going to take a picture no matter how many. You're going to sign autographs no matter how many. And a lot of people love the show, love you on the show. So it's just it's it's a just do. Congratulations, sir. Well. <clears throat> thank you. There you go. Thank you so much. And thank well you, deserved. Houston, um, and everybody. Because this is an international it is podcast. So, uh, Happy for you, man. Thank you for to everybody around the world. Okay, now, enough about that. I don't, <laughs> I don't like it when it's about me. <clears throat> I have on the phone line a young lady who uh, I met my early days here uh, in Houston. I mm-hmm. believe we met probably back in 2013, 14, um, and what... <laughs> what grabbed my attention was her beautiful hair. Uh, mm. It's just, it's huge. And she is a, a, a great spirit, has been uh, an activist in these streets longer than I know because that's how I met her. Right. You know, going to uh, a protest um, back in 2013, as a matter of fact. And she is the organizer for BLM HTX Imagine Noir. Please welcome Secunda Joseph to the Public Affairs Podcast. What's up, baby? How you doing? <laughs> oh, sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. Um, like the rest of the world, I have been a fan and just have loved watching you do your thing on this, like, national show and just, yeah, it's been dope. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Secunda. How you been? <laughs> I've been good. I've been good. I de- I'm determined to be good regardless. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's how our people survive. So I'm uh, great. We're going to be all right. You know, it's our time. As the, as the word that's said, right. you know, um, the last shall be first. Amen. And the first listen. shall be last. Come on, preacher. And I have been, listen. It's that time. I have been meditating on that word all morning. So that's mm. confirmation. Yeah. Mm. 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 That's deep. Don't take me there. That's not, this is not, <laughs> this is not what this segment that's, is about so right. it, it's a podcast we can we can do this I, I, I know <laughs> we can do this I, I, I know um so many things going on just in the world in this country in this city um but before we get into all that let's give people um some background um talk about blm htx Imagine noir. How do you say that? Imagine what? noir. Yeah, imagine noir. Imagine war. Uh, um, imagine my noir. friends ain't all that good either, so I'm. Okay, I'm, imagine I'm, I'm noir. See, and I'm thinking, I'm trying to say noir. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. imagine That's noir. So at imagine first, noir. it was BLM HTX. Um, give us the um, the history on on that organization, how it uh, came to be, and uh, the the things that you have done for the city. Well, it honestly started as an event in response 
to, it was like a arts and um, uh, exhibit and a, a talk about, you know, just black people being citizens without citizenship, right? In this, mm. in this country, it was a, a response to all the things that was going on, uh, Mike Brown and uh, Trayvon Martin, and just the uprising was happening in Ferguson. And a lot of us were still like, you know, just doing like some grassroots organizing stuff. And we just decided to come together with like artists and ministers and people like me who are community organizers and then also like, you know, intellectuals and was like, okay, how do we use the gifts that we have to just continue to move us forward? And that's what we've been, that's what we've, we've been doing ever since. <laughs> Excuse me, let me catch my breath. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of some of the things that we've done, we are a Black-led organization. We are Black Folk Center. And, like, we worked on, like, um, gang injunctions to stop, like, really unlawful naming of folks who were considered gang members and that they wouldn't. Um, mm. We've worked on... Uh, mutual aid campaigns, which we have right now, which is helping folks pay their rent and bills so that they won't get evicted while folks are waiting for the city and the state. And, you know, this winter storm happened. Um, we've been serving our people. Like when, when folks are forgotten about generally uh, because we are also the community. Like I'm from Fifth Ward, <laughs> um, Northeast Houston, and am very much connected uh, with my community. So, when something happens, like we have to respond, and it's because there's a failure of our state. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, you mentioned about us not being citizens, and we had uh, Roland Martin on <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him. I said, "Well, couldn't we? I'll just end this if we knew what our nationality." was if we, you know, could prove, and it'll take some work, that we are the indigenous owners of this land. And I want to make, um, and I want to make it clear to everybody that is listening, us, melanated, dominant beings, we are the indigenous owners of this land, not the Indians that they show us, no. It's us. So um, back to uh, <laughs> what I was telling you, I said, Roland, if we find out what our nationality is, you know, do the work, get our lineage, maybe start with great, great. Or maybe three greats, if you can, you know, and, 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 and to get that to get that um, that line, that royal bloodline or, the, you know, yeah. So we can know, you know, who we are because we are Moors like this. We need to know who we are. Black don't mean nothing. What is black? African-American, that don't mean anything. What is our nationality? And once we prove that, the laws of this land won't apply to us because we own this land. So you hear written it, Corporation of the United States of America. So if we find out our nationality, I think... and. Just like when Donald Trump said, like, I can literally go in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and, you know, not not go to jail. You know, if we can prove that we are the indigenous owners of this land, we could do that. I mean, I know that's a bit extreme, but 
I mean, you know, when I think about um, who we are, like, and, and even if my family's from South Louisiana, right? Bro Bridge, Lafayette, and they have been on those lands for hundreds of years, right? Um, very much resemble like African, West African culture. Um, and the way that we operate, if we take up those indigenous peoples everywhere, right? The way that they move in society, the, the some of the democratic ways that we form systems, right? Some of the, when I think about them, they're very much in line with abolitionist systems, right? Which means that <laughs> people shouldn't be thrown away, right? Which means that there is a place to um, redeem, right? Like people who are on the margins of society, um, which means that we wouldn't have the prisons that we had. And I think those things are both common for, not necessarily what you see now in, in you know, places because it's very much colonized spaces, right? Very much colonized over West Africa, over Central America, like very colonized systems. But if you look at our system before those things happen and you think about the reason why people are saying like defund the police and you look at what those solutions are and what that look like and not just so afraid of those words, I, I think we can return to that while we're here. And, and not only would it be better for us, like it's better for everybody. Hmm. That's funny. You mentioned defund the police. One of my favorite shows, the shy on showtime uh, last Sunday's episode, the new mayor who was an old gangster did a press conference and said that he was going to defund the police. <laughs> and then, you know, now there's this, you know, war with, the cops and this new mayor and, and, and the folks of the south side of Chicago. So just kind of seeing how that plays out uh, in art. I'm like, but yeah, this could be a real life. Let's talk about the data to dream. Hashtag H.O.U. budget. Um, you all had a series of online workshops um, to share about, the, you know, information about shaping Houston's, you know, 21, 22 budget. Um, Listen. How did that? Yeah, let's get into it. So this has been so there was an outcry after you know George George Floyd was murdered um, in the streets for all of us to watch and to to see with our own eyes all across the country. You heard different folks in different cities saying, "Hey, we have to stop the way do- we have to stop doing things the way we've been doing it in places like Austin." And other spaces in the nation, right after that, you saw those cities begin to listen to organizers and activists and say, okay, what do you mean defund, right? And some organizers in some cities, like Austin in particular, like they have been working towards this for many, like for years, right? But because of, unfortunately, the death of, you know, the, the black life, right? His, yeah. his, his murder, like people began to listen and they were able to defund. And what they did in defunded is not necessarily like, oh, we're taking police. Take all the money. No, it's like, Just reallocated yeah, it's like, the funds. Listen to places that really saw problems. In Houston right now, last year at that time, we asked the city, hey, let's just wait on this vote, right? Let's just think about what else we can do. Because there was, at the time, the budget was $900 million for police. That was more than half of the safety budget, right? And 
um, we were like, hey, you're trying to move it up to $1 billion. Houston has too many issues. Like, for example, being number two in eviction. That was even before the pandemic. Being number two, the number two place in the nation that doesn't have housing that affordable to its citizens, right? To To its residents. You know, so we were talking about, and those things cause crime. You don't have money. You don't have a place to eat. What you going to do? I mean, we all are fans and have listened to hip-hop over and over again. Um, one of the my favorite songs by Blunt, by UGK, old school, is um, Highlights. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that song, he was like, you know, people sleep on these streets you pee on. You know, <laughs> he begins to talk about, like, come off that slab. You know, so that you can survive. People are going to find a way to survive. So in defunding what the other cities were calling for and what we were calling for at the time is let's make sure people have a place to sleep. Let's fund the program, even in the city, right? We're not even talking radical right now, like, you know, community programs. Um, A lot of them, because we're not there yet. We're talking about, so the library. Library doesn't even have funding, like for a lot of the public things that they do. Most of their funding that comes, you know, for for the different programs of the library, library comes from like grants. If I get a grant, if somebody <laughs> decides to invest, and that's not just libraries, that's even housing, right? Which is why. So some of the work that we do. For example, some of the, the programs we did is like black, bail black women out of jail, black, bail black mamas out of jail, right? And doing that work, one of the things that we found is a lot of people who that's going back and forth, like to jail, you know, over and over again, which we spend a lot of money on, a lot of people have mental health issues. They go to jail, they lose their social security check, you know, families pass away, people who were in care for them a time, and it is hell trying to get them back where they were. So they, they're on the street doing the best that they can to survive. You know, if it's women, sometimes it's sex crimes or whatever. I mean, not sex crimes, but that's what they, they sex, like, Yeah, like they're, they're a sex worker. Right? And they're, mm-hmm. right, and they're arrested. And if you add that to the women who have mental health issues and no, no funding, you would see the money that we are spending on things that are not violent crimes. Like, we're arresting people that we should be housing, that we should be giving health care for. When I tell you from personal experience, we went from shelter to shelter. Uh, let me see, last year around this time, a little bit before, before this time, looking for spaces for women to live. There were no spaces. Like the spaces, they had space. They had beds. But because at the time, right, Trump cut the funding, right, there was nowhere to fund. And it, because the city is not doing these budgets like they do the police budgets, the police budgets don't have to worry about public or like, you know, sponsoring from business or some kind of grant. It's, it's factual, actual. The money going to be there because they take care of them first, which means that's right. where the priorities are. Mm-hmm. Right. So what people are asking for and what we've been asking for since, you know, last year um, is fund those things that will protect, that really keep people safe. Not just getting more police that come after you already shot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> right. Know, can can totally keep it? his uh, composure while trying to uh, get a tiger, but yet will shoot 
<laughs> and unarmed, but, you know, I digress. Listen, listen. And one of the, in these budget meetings, so the city has these budget workshops, right, where people are supposed to participate. Last year, we missed those things. This year, we decided to, okay, we were too we late pulling last up. year. We didn't understand this. Huh? You know, y'all say this year, we pulling up. Okay, we pulled up. So we provided a space. The Dad of the Dreams was like, on every Saturday, anybody who wanted to, anybody, right, could come up, could learn about the budget process, can look at the police union's contract, could study what was happening, could watch the old budget workshops, right, to try to understand what's happening with our money, mine, yours, and everybody's, right? And, and, and is there anything that we can do? to shift the system? What are the suggestions we have based on learning this information? How can I organize for my family, for my community, right? So that's what we've done. We attended the budget workshop. You know, we asked people to make comments because we didn't want this to be for us. This is not a BLMHCX thing. This is a people's thing, right? Our organizing methods are not to have the world you know, do what we want them to do, or else we'll be recreating the same system that we have now, right? Mm-hmm. It is what what do the people want, right? If we were informed, <laughs> if we knew that the police is not necessarily solving the problem, right? But are just like you know they tell us in the in in the medical world, like what are the what's preventative medicine, right? Right. We, we want to get past just responding and reacting. How can we prevent these problems? And any sociologist, psychologist, social worker knows that it starts with these social pro- programs, some that are housed within the city. So we're not even yet, we're not even talking about taking money from the city. Just redistribute the wealth or the, the, the budget to places that hit home, right? I'll give you one example. So we made some comments um, last week, and the mayor was saying, we're like, hey, fund housing, form mental health. He got up and said, we're giving $25 million to mental health. No, you're giving $25 million under the police for mental health. We had sociologists come to uh, social workers in the data the dream meeting. One of the things that they said that it is so hard working with police, the way that they respond they're not trained mental health professionals. They don't necessarily have the capacity or the understanding to say, this is a crisis. We're caring for these people. This is a health crisis. They're responding. We already know what they do to our people, shoot to kill. Stats say in, in the city of Houston, you are more likely to be shot by police, highly likely, if you're experiencing a mental health crisis, especially if you're black or brown in this city. Right. So and we have examples of it. So given like using pretty language and saying that you're doing the thing without really doing the thing is not good enough anymore. Um, Right now, as we speak, you know, um, they are voting on the different amendments to the budget that was presented, which increased the police budget by 30 million. What? Wait, 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 wait. Dang. From the billions. That was already increased last year. Right, from the billion. That's what I was just about to say. Yikes. Yikes. At a time where our state has already, y'all know this governor is horrible, right? Um, And they've already said that, you know, any city that tries to, like, you know, defund or whatever the police are going to get, like, 
you know, there's going to be some hard, <laughs> you know, situations, right? You lose funding, you get fined and all that kind of stuff. So why would you threaten? Why would you put black and brown people in this type of situation when you have an opportunity to vote and to do differently? Yeah. Um, Listen here, we um we didn't got the time, but I do want to um talk about when the city council approval for the budget vote uh, will be. Is there going to be, uh, do you know when the public hearings on that will be? It's happening right now. It's happening as we're on this line. Um, there was about 100 amendments that was proposed by the city council. Uh, one city council person released those things to the public, right? So one of the things that we were asking is, how do we make this process more democratic? How do we allow more people to participate? In cities like New York, like they have a participatory, you know, budget opportunity, and they spend a lot less on police, mm. right? <laughs> a lot less on police. So, uh, but today it is happening. I, you know, you go to HTV, you can watch it. Um, you know, even right now you can catch it, which is the, the city of Houston's. Um, a TV channel where you can catch it. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, little, the, the government access channel. And what about yeah. just information on a recap of the workshop? It, uh, of the workshop, is that we available? will send you all the notes, the the workshops that we have. We have all those things in 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 order. You can send us a message at either at blmhtx or at um, a liberate HTX, which is the Houston Abolitionist Collective that we've been working with just people from different groups and organizations around the city who believe in abolition. And they even, you know, did a survey where they listened to about a thousand folks. And like most of those folks were not comfortable with increasing the police budget. We presented those things to the city councils and mayor and still no response. So, the fight no, continues. No the march yeah, the continues. continues. We, yeah, we're going to, we, we, we're going to keep it up. Listen, I'm going to have you back. We're going to have you back. Um, but thank you for coming on, Secunda Joseph, Did organizer. I talk too much too loud? For being, <laughs> no, it's all no, no, no. We 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 love it. We love it. It's all it's all good. It's all good. Secunda Joseph, organizer for BLM HTX Imagine R. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I love y'all show. Y'all keep it up. Have a great day. Thank you. And on behalf of Uncle Funky Larry Jones, mm-hmm. we'll see you next week. <laughs>